Hi, my name is Jake Smith. I do the comic book Blood Force Trauma, and you're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. There's that sound, the loveliest sound around. It's a special night. <laughs> it is a special night. It's you singing and dancing. I'm ex- I was doing a little bit of a little jig. You could feel it through the microphone. That's great. Must be getting better at this. Practice makes perfect. Yeah. 868 practices. Yeah. A lot of work. In a minute, yeah. Yeah. I'll get it right around 1500. Nice. Yeah. Is that when Jason and I get our pin slips? No. No. Okay. Why are you going to be a downer going in? Just, oh, my God. Let it go. Uh, hey, every, hey, everybody. <laughs> it's 11 o'clock comics, episode 868. Yet another in the string of palindrome episodes. I am a giddy. Vince B. You, oh, my God. They don't know how giddy you are just yet. And I am David A. Price. <laughs> This is true, and of course, I'm Superion. Wow. Cool. You're not Superion, but respect. You're Jason Wood, everybody, here together for a very special episode brought to you by CheapGraphicNovels.com. Everything you need to know is in that name, CheapGraphicNovels.com. Omnibus editions, collected editions, manga, lots of other stuff, too, art books, whatever. If you want to save money on these things, go to CheapGraphicNovels.com because they will have them at much, much less than you can get them for at Amazon. Sorry for the goofy preposition, but I'm a little rusty. Uh, And here's what you want to do. You will make an order. Small order. Just buy something because how can you resist this kind of savings? And when you um, place your order, you'll be greeted by a receipt an email receipt saying thank you very much for your order blah 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 blah. what you want to do is you want to reply to that email saying you know what i would never have known about the grandeur of cheap graphic novels.com were it not for 11 o'clock comics and max will go oh ho, ho, my friend i have something very special for you you are going to get free shipping on your next order who does that who gives free shipping nobody Shipping goes up every day, it seems. Like a postage stamp is what? $23 for a postage stamp? This is your savings. It's just another layer of savings. Cheapgraphicnovels.com. Just do it. Do it. Yes, sir. Oh, boy. This is going to be a barn burner. So I brought stuff to drink. Snacks? No, no no snacks. It's blue raspberry water. (laughs) Stuff oh, to drink. Yeah, it's, I'm drinking it, and it's stuff. I'm not lying. Right on. Yeah. I too uh, have. I'm bringing the heat. I got some uh, some pink grapefruit Schweppes. Wow, neat. Mm-hmm. Is it neat? No ice. No ice, straight out of the can. Okay. Yep, neat. All right then. I never got. How about ice. you, Dap? Uh, I finished. The whiskey sour from the Bartesian during our uh, interview, and uh, now I'm just um, enjoying uh, 
some water from my uh, fuck around and find out tumbler. Nice. I will say that I, I, uh, I did have a rare evening of, of some cocktails last night. Shout out to our good friend, Mr. Brian Newbery and his wonderful husband, Jason, because they were in NYC and I had the great pleasure of hanging out with them and we went to see a comedy show and it was uh, it was good times. Nice. Yeah. Well, before we get into the thick of things, I want to give it on up for another person that is very special to the show. Did y'all know that Cancor Collected Edition has been nominated in the category of Outstanding Collection for the Ignatz Award? Yeah, the Ignatz, yep. That's big doings and, and muchly deserved. Matthew Allison is a juggernaut. So uh, mm-hmm. it was really cool that uh, he was nominated, and he'll probably win. So uh, good going, Matthew. We love him, too. And we also love the uh, gentleman you're about to hear. Little guy. I mean, he's obscure. Maybe you heard of him. His name is Daniel Warren Johnson, and he's doing Transformers. And he came to the clubhouse to tell us all about it. So grab something. It's a lot of fun. And we'll meet you back in about an hour and a half. So go have fun. Twilight Zone? All right. Our guest this evening is an Eisner Award-winning creator. How we got lucky enough to, to snag this dude again is beyond me, but... You, he doesn't need an introduction. All I have to do is say Extremity, Murder Falcon, Beta Ray Bill, Wonder Woman, Dead Earth, do a powerbomb. Come on. It's Daniel Warren Johnson. It's me. Yes. Hello. Well, Thanks for yeah. having me again. Well, again. Well, How many times th- have I been on now? <laughs> many. <laughs> it, it, Six to eight. I it's like you has to keep count. We don't, we're, we're, we're too busy to keep count. So you either like us or have not much to do. And I know you have yeah, a lot to do, so I'm guessing you kind of like us. But uh, And uh, for those of I you... I do like you guys. I do like you guys. Sorry to interrupt this. <laughs> I just need right. to make that clear. Thanks. Mm-hmm. For, uh, for those of you who don't know, Daniel has a book coming out in October 4th, is it? October 4th, yeah. Whatever yes. that first Wednesday is in October. Uh, it's a little book. It's obscure. Yeah. It's, we're, just, we're talking about it because we want to make sure you know enough people are aware of it, and it gets a little bit of a push. Yeah. He he decided to do an art piece after selling out commercially for a few years. Right, uh, and <laughs> <a> really unknown <laughs> property. No one's ever heard of this before. It's amazing how I don't, I don't know how the hell he got it. it little I known know. franchise called the Transformers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm going to include that sound. I was going to start the episode with that, by the way, but uh, oh yeah. <laughs> Someone is super happy. I love it. Yeah. Uh, I have to say, I'm extremely excited because um, going in, one of my favorite creators, working on one of my favorite things in the known universe, I had high hopes. I really did. And I read the issue. You were gracious enough to provide the uh, uh, a preview issue of uh, number one for us. Yep. And I read it, and <laughs> it's even better than I hoped it would be. 
Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> it's, your opinion matters. Your it, opinion matters. You are the Transformers fan. Out of the three of us, yeah. Well, yeah, out of the three of us, I, I, yeah, I would guess. Yeah. Well, can I quickly tell a, a story that where we were all here for this story, but I was wondering if maybe I could regale it for your listeners. Yes, please do. The floor is yours. I believe I believe it was New York Comic Con. It was a very long table that we were at. It was like the Felix Comic Art Dinner or something. Well, right? oh no, no, I'm sorry. Don't interrupt. It was a long table because where we were sitting, you could almost see Jason at the other end of the table. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Jason was not there. But uh, but you had to look really closely because his head was so far up right <laughs> Kayvon's ass that <laughs> <laughs> that's right that's right you guys are giving him a lot of crap for us yeah 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 you know and i got to sit next to ian but yes continue please so while jason was talking with brian k vaughn very passionately uh vince and david are there right in front of me and we're all hanging out and we're just having food and we're having a great time and i don't know how it came up but like i was in contract talks with transformers and of course you guys are going to ask me you know, like oh what are you what are you working on you know what's after uh do a power bomb yeah even though it had just started and um i was like you know i'm actually talking with skybound i'm seriously considering doing transformers and i saw vince (laughs) his like shoulders like retracted up to his ears and he starts going (laughs) 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 and they had turned some it's he goes oh boy Oh boy! Oh boy! This is going to make somebody very happy. It, it's true. I don't uh, know if I've ever seen you so excited. Ever. The, well, that you know what the the emotion was genuine, because as I said, I, I absolutely adore your work and the chance to see you draw Optimus Prime. Not only, I mean, everything within the Transformers universe. It's 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 almost like one of those things, those internet things, where if you could pick a creator and pair it with any property what would yeah, you do oh, like totally. i would say daniel warren johnson and transformers <laughs> oh, yeah. there's a lot of there's... people that i feel that would feel feels that way it's true and because you give me so much joy i'm going to give you hopefully give you a little bit for yourself today i was talking with josh bayer oh and he's like my dude what's up and i tell you a little bit of this a little bit of that and i said oh we have daniel warren johnson's coming on tonight and josh bayer's exact words i love that dude Hell yeah! <laughs> yep. So there you go. Ba- Josh Bayer loves you. Awesome. Yeah, isn't it? Oh, but it's gosh. so it's such an odd pairing, right? But he 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 thinks you're great. That's great. My my favorite part of that evening was after Daniel tells us what he's working on. The everything on the table starts to like slide towards Daniel because the side where Vince was sitting was like elevating. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> but I, I mean, I I need to know specifics though because you came on the show after. You told us, uh, you mm-hmm. re- revealed the Transformers That's right. thing. I, I did. You did on the down low. But I'm guessing that you knew about Void Rivals well before. And the point I'm trying to make is you didn't say anything to us. So <laughs> you, are, you are like a vault. Like if anyone wants to confide in you in, in, with something, you will never release it. Because well, I, ha- I have to be honest. I got to interrupt you really fast. I had no idea about the Void Rivals thing. Really? Until I had already, until I was like very, very deep down the contract talks where they had kind they kind of revealed how they wanted to unload, uh, like uh, reveal that I would even be doing the project. 
Um, that was all pretty darn far down the line. So I was, I mean, I was like super into it. Sounds, I said, it sounds really fun, but I didn't know it was going to be called void rivals. And I didn't know that it was going to be, this is a spoiler if you haven't read void rivals one, but I think people have read it by now. So uh, I didn't know that Jetfire was going to be the one to show up. Um, and I didn't know that Void Rivals was actually going to be inside the Hasbro Energon universe. I honestly thought it was like going to be some random creator-owned thing that uh, Robert would have gotten permission, you know, from Hasbro to just include Jetfire randomly, you know, and that would be the announcement. But they're actually going to be these characters that he's de- developed in Void Rivals will be playing a role in this greater, you know, universe, which I, I didn't know either. So. I've been I've been kind of along for the ride as well, you know, because it's such a huge uh, undertaking by Skybound that I'm, you know, everybody is doing their best, but it's also a little bit like, whoa, okay, this is happening, cool, cool, all right, next thing, okay, oh wow, I didn't know that, cool, cool. So uh, I'm not that I'm not that much of a fault, but thank you. I, I should have just <laughs> so, lied and said nothing. Yeah, really, Absolutely. you can trust so me. So then the so, so how was the? As, all right, so you're. How far ahead was is is Kirkman on Void Rivals before you start working on Transformers? Because I'm trying to figure out if maybe Kirkman made some changes to the first issue of Void Rivals after he found out what you were going to do with Transformers, or does he kind of give you like a vague outline and then you run with it, or is it, or are you wholly in charge of Transformers? Before I signed on the dotted line, um, Skybound had a kind of very loose, big outline that they wanted me to... They said, if you were to say yes to this, this is kind of the outline we wanted you to follow. Okay. So it's like these big, like... Because um, they want Transformers to be going for a while. So there's these, like, kind of big moments that they want to happen. It's all kind of conceptual, but it's kind of what's in their head. And it's like a very loose uh, boilerplate kind of thing to jump off of for me uh, when beginning to start Transformers. So... Um, a lot of the ways that I can get there are completely up to me, but the kind of whole overarching like arc of the Energon universe is something that uh, Robert is, is is a big part of. And he also, I'm like 90% sure what he kind of wrote for us to kind of like gather around is what he pitched Hasbro initially when they tried to get the license. So I think that's a big part of it too, to kind of like stay on with what uh, Robert promised initially. So, I don't know exactly how much he had developed, but I know there was like this kind of loose framework that I got when they said, hey, here's what we're thinking about, just so you know. Uh, and uh, they kind of let me chew on it before I said yes or no. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. But even though you weren't aware of uh, the Void Rivals thing, I have to say, without revealing anything, that the continuity between what has been established in Void Rivals and the first issue of your Transformers series is pretty seamless. I think so. Um, I think so. And I, I think a big part of that is, um, you know, and I can I'll, I will speak in code here, but a big part of the Transformers universe and the Hasbro, uh, in the Skybound sense of the word, is kind of a desire to return to form, return to the kind of classic elements. And that does kind of lead itself to kind of look at the TV show as a bit of a, like, uh, starting ground. 
And uh, because of that, we're kind of all on the same page with how we start things for sure. And uh, it just makes it a little easier to just all get on the same page and make things seamless for sure. Right, right. Going by the preview images that were released, uh, specifically the group of Autobots. Yep. When I saw, um, well, it's it's out there, so I, I guess I could say it. When I saw Cliff Jumper, <laughs> I was like, he's out of his damn mind in a wonderful way. I, you know, it's so funny. Uh, I got a lot of street cred for putting Cliff Jumper in there in that starting lineup. Um, I've just always loved drawing Cliff Jumper, and it's not really like he's any different than Bumblebee, but I it, hate drawing those little ringlets on Bumblebee's arms. So, right. <laughs> well, <laughs> that explains a lot then. It, <laughs> if you know your Transformers, your physical toy Transformers history, you know that Cliff Jumper was just a recolor of Bumblebee. Yep. So it makes perfect sense. And I was like, oh, he's not using Bumblebee. That's ballsy. But wait a minute. He's using Cliff Jumper, which is not the same, but kind of the same. But it's it, it just like it, it is the the left field curve that I expect from from you and, and, yes. and your work. And I thought it was great. I thought it was brilliant. Thank you. I also am a big fan of how Cliff Jumper is kind of a fly by the seat of his pants, pull out a gun before saying hello kind of. Autobot, um, which honestly is kind of a fun contrast from like Optimus's like total chill, like we must love our enemies, right? <laughs> uh, where Cliff Timber's like uh, f our enemies. I can't remember if I can swear on this show, but oh uh, yes, you can. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Cliff Jumper is just you know he's just got his gun out all the time and he's ready to use it. So right. Uh, so and I think that's kind of fun. It makes for more conflict than you know. No offense, Bumblebee fans, but. It's just a little, a little more interesting than Bumblebee, right? Yeah, Bumblebee's overused. I see he's a great character, oh, yeah. but Bumblebee. I mean, he's in, in the Transformer stuff. He's everywhere, right? He is. I, I, sure. I see Cliff Jumper as the Raphael to Bumblebee's Donnie. Sure, right? And just to yeah, keep it in that universe. same that same universe. Well, not the same universe, but that same time growing up. Yep. Yeah. Um, I, I, this issue is going to crack the internet in half. It really you is. Think so? Yeah. <laughs> It's, I can I'm, honestly say that wasn't my goal. I was just really trying to make something that like people could love. It's it's like an action movie. There there's sequences in it where you're it, either mentally or almost physically. When I was reading it, you're pumping your fists like the the oh, for sure. the explosion in the background while one character slow mo comes into the foreground. Like <laughs> I I, I see it. And it's, am I nuts or is there some pro wrestling moves in this thing? Oh, well, there's, there's some definitely, a, yeah, there's definitely a suplex, but right, a, a Brock Lesnar style suplex, right? <laughs> yep, yep, right over the head and onto the ground, baby. Loved it, <laughs> loved it. It was kind of a challenge too, because I was like, this would be so crazy if I did this, and I was like, wait, why don't I just do this? And then, of course, I spent half of the day trying to figure out how to make two blocky characters look like they're doing a wrestling move. <laughs> Mission accomplished. Yeah, it's Thank it's you. very kinetic. Um, Thank you. Unsurprisingly, Thank you you're, I mean that that's that's one of the words I would always use for your stuff. But mm -hmm. again, in keeping with the the trademark Daniel Warren Johnson approach, these are robots. Yep. But but yet you still manage to to do that trademark Daniel Warren Johnson scene with the feels, and I was like, damn him. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
and again, not to get too specific, but uh, or there there's moments where you just you empathize with these characters, uh, and and especially when it concerns characters that we've dragged along with us since childhood, and you see things like what you did happen, and it's like, my goodness, this is powerful stuff. And a little brutal for you, I have to say, one scene was a little bit on the brutal side. Yeah, well, I will say, I, I don't want to talk about too much of the plot, but I will say it has been a fun, because, how do I put this? There's a lot of characters in Transformers. Right. And, like, a lot. And even as, you know, we're kind of trying to really take our time with introducing this world in the Energon universe and the different Transformers that happen to show up and, like, the teams that you saw, it's all a little staggered, you know, because we want to, like, I'm not trying to slow roll it, but I'm also, I'm, I want to make things matter and I want every character to feel important as they appear. So even with all that slow roll and all that kind of, like, you know, intentional uh, pacing, I'm finding that there are just characters that I'm like, well, you know, I just didn't have a chance to really think about this that much. But you kind of get a vibe for what they are, and then you just put the pedal to the metal because I cannot stand it when I watch, like, a TV show and everybody's just not telling them how they're feeling. Nobody's t talking about, like, like it's like because we need to wait for an episode to get to 13 episodes before the characters can really like lay it all on the ground. It drives me crazy. So right. I'm like, what would a character do if he woke up and saw another character, et cetera, et cetera? Well, I mean, what would he do? He would just do exactly what happens in Transformers. Sorry, I know I'm speaking in code. Right. You'll know exactly what I mean on October 4th. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's very important that you not reveal any of this issue. Um, which is why, uh, as I usually do, I like to pull preview pages and put them in the gallery for everybody to see, just to whet their appetite, get a little bit of a glimpse to as to what they're actually going to be buying when the book comes out. But everybody knows your work. Everybody knows the kind of quality they're going to get. I didn't pull any preview pages because I people need to read this issue fresh. You, you should know nothing uh, to what's going on because everything in it is a surprise. It, and it's powerful stuff. Uh, which leads to my next question. Yeah. How much um, creative freedom did you have with picking the teams? Like, say you wanted to use Scorponok as the leader of the, the Decepticons, and Hazard would be like, mm, I don't know, I really think you should use Megatron. Like, did they, did they nudge you into certain areas in, in terms of which characters you chose, or were they completely open on... Uh, Roster. They were quite. They were quite open, except for, um, you know, one thing that they did want is they they wanted a lady in the Autobot team for sure. They Makes like, sense. Just, yeah, yeah, it totally does. And um, I, this whole series, this whole, especially the first six issues, is a bit of a love letter to the original 1986 Transformers cartoon movie. Um, so it just felt really appropriate to pick RC. Um, as far as the rest of the team is concerned, if I can just be totally honest here for a second. Please. So going back to the, you know, okay, there's a lot happening. The Energon universe is a lot of moving pieces. I may or may not get an email, which is like, okay, we need a lineup of like Autobots like very soon. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, okay, cool. Like, what are we thinking? You know, and it's like, oh, well, it's going to be the, the Autobots and Decepticons that like show up in the story. I'm like, cool. Haven't actually 
written issue one yet. <laughs> uh, but we got to get this out there, you know. So uh, what I will say is that is a guide not set in stone. Um, it's kind of a uh, way to kind of show people like what I can bring to the table. And if I can also be totally honest, those images drive me crazy because that was like the first thing I ever drew. Mm. Like no interiors, no figuring it out. It was like me just on a big piece of 11 by 17 paper struggling um, with them all just like standing there looking directly into the camera. And I just wanted to throw myself off the top of my house. Very challenging. Um, and, uh, but it's okay. I, I, sorry, I just have to say that as an artist, you know, I just have to get that out of my system. It was a, it was like my first experience doing that. And it was also like a very quick thing. So, you know, I've, I, I think it looks okay for a marketing point of view, but I'm also like, oh, shoot, I want people to see the inside of the issue before I really, right. you know. I, I think you need a big chunk of salt with that because I have seen you at conventions, my man, and people throw obscure characters at you all the time. <laughs> and and you, you produce some amazing work. So, well, not some, all of it, but yeah, you've, you've pulled like, do, do me ambush bug on a, on a, you know, unicorn. And it looks great. <laughs> oh man. I remember the first time I had to draw Voltron at a convention. Oh my God. Yeah, it, it's oh it's odd that the blocky stuff, the geometric stuff, is is a lot harder than the organics. Oh, dude, can can, can I talk about that really fast? Oh, hell yeah! <laughs> so I'm over here on these like first two reveal covers of the Decepticons and the Autobot lineups. I got my parallel pen. <laughs> I got my microns. I got my ruler out. I mean, I'm like ready to go because every time that I have had to draw like a truck or a plane or uh, a bus or a van in like say murder falcon i'll pull out a ruler and i'll like i won't necessarily pull out my french curve but i'll have it next to me and i'll have like a really kind of stiff approach because i want it to have a kind of uh re i want it to be kind of realistic i want people to be able to really kind of feel like that section of that illustration when it comes to vehicles and metal things to be solid and it's one thing, like, I love Michael Golden's work, but the vehicles in that G.I. Joe issue, they're just a little too bendy for me, if that makes sense, you know? <laughs> so I always am like, I, I, I really try not to use the ruler too much, but, like, I do tighten up. I, I, my wrist goes rigid, and I, I'm really concentrating. So that's what I'm doing for these first few covers on Transformers, and it's not working. I mean, it is not working. Everything's looking a little too stiff. It's looking like I tried a little too hard and it looks a little too not good. And what I had to kind of figure out is like the looser that I am and the more fun, honestly, that I have with the images that I'm making when it comes to blocky stuff, the better it looks. It just looks free. Yeah. Um, that's all I can say. I mean, especially like the Seekers, like Starscream and... Skywarp, they are so hard to draw just with pencil, you know, trying to get all the shapes right and make everything work. And then you're inking it, and it's like these little subtle lines that just make or break the whole thing because you're right, it is so blocky. And it there's a tendency when, when drawing mechanical things and transformers are mechanical things to stiffen up, and I'm trying my best to fight that instinct. Well, none of it looks stiff. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, that's um, great. Oh, one, one of the things that really lit a fire under me was 
uh, pun intended, Jetfire is close to the top of my favorite Transformers. Oh, and, awesome. Yeah, and when he appeared in Void Rouse, I was like, all right, this thing is off to a great start. But he's a very complex character visually. Yes. There's yes. a lot of interlocking shapes and overlapping things and the louvers on the on the chest and the just the, the backpack or the back wing thing itself is I would imagine very hard to draw. And it doesn't in you I'm looking at your pages right now, it does not look stiff at all. There's oh, that's there's awesome. a, a real your your line is organic to begin with. That's one of the things uh we said when um Ghost uh Ghost Fleet came yep. out, right? And I was like, one of the main characters in this thing is a truck. And and it doesn't look like, you know, you got the T-square and the triangle and you just, oh, like, <laughs> it, it, it looked like it was alive. And that was one of the things that really struck me about your work was everything looks, these Transformers look grown. They don't look like they were bashed out of, out of uh, you know, very rigid metal. I mean, they are, but when you look at them, they look like the believable or semi-organic characters because of your line, man. It's alive. Thanks, dude. Yeah. Oh, I love that. No, it's safe that's... to say that this is, you know, I'm not blowing smoke up your butt, but this is, in my estimation, visually the best Transformers has been since Marvel. Oh, I'd agree oh. with that. Thank you very yeah. much, guys. Yeah. You guys yeah. are... Well, very kind. Well, I mean, when you look at the dudes have, who have done it before, Guido Guidi, I mean, they're all good, Alex Mitley. Yeah. Those, those guys. Don Perlin. The, the, the Dreamwave stuff was ridiculously complex and, ver- and very rigid. And I don't want to say stiff, but the lines were fixed width uh, most of the time. And, and, and it, 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 it was beautiful, but it didn't have that spontaneity to it that that Mm. that that pulse your stuff has a pulse man i love it that means so much because it's like something i've been sweating over trying to figure out and it's actually one of the reasons i decided to take the book because i was like this would actually be an amazing challenge for me to figure out like i was scared i was like i don't know if i can do this um it, it was it's one of the hardest things i've had to do just um technical tech technically wise in comics like it's one of the most challenging challenging not a struggle like not like unhealthy or anything like that it just was so hard to figure out and i'm still like i'm in in the middle of issue three right now drawing knew it and i I have my good days and i have my bad days like (laughs) uh, sometimes i feel like i can really get it and the gestures there and i'm having a great time and sometimes it's just a struggle right but that's the that's the artist's journey yeah, well, it it just shows your level of immersion in this thing. You're not gonna just half-ass it. You you, you want everything to be what you desire it to be, and that's mm. that's amazing. I gotta say, one of my favorite things about this issue, again, not to get into any specifics, it's cool. But but there's a scene with a hum in the background. Oh, sure, yep. And and you just go in with a pink line and just do this row undulating row of m's really fast really loose man i yep. love that and it's you could I, you can hear it like mm, but it's a bassy low level hum that just trails across the top of the panel lesser talents would have pulled out a font well, just do a string of m's and and just you know lay it over the the art and like no you're in there dirty 
ground level, getting your fingernails gunked up, you throw the M's on there. Like, that's beautiful. I love it. Thank you so much. I, it's it's so awesome to hear you say these things because you <laughs> notice these things that I'm just like, I'm so intentional about. Uh, you know, because it is, it's like so, I don't know. I just, I know exactly what people expect when they hear a Transformers comic and they're like, what? You know, like stiff and like it's robots and uh, 1980s and whatever. I'm like, but it could be, it could be so good. Yeah. Um, and part of that is the automatopoeia and that free flow. And like, honestly, dude, like that little, mm, like the undulating M's, mm-hmm. that took me maybe 30 seconds to do. Perfect. Maybe less. Yep. It, and it's just, it got the point across. It makes it con- compositionally. It just breaks up the monotony of those kind of computer lines in the mm-hmm. background just really well. I just, I love the way it looked. Um, and I got to give credit where credit's due. Um, the pink was totally Mike's idea. You know, when I do it, it's just black and white. That was some whiteout that I used on top of all my drawing that I'd done. And Mike just picked the perfect color. Mike Spicer, my colorist, he's just yeah. incredible. So. Mike's, Mike's dead on. because I mean, the pink on the yellow, oh, yeah, that's electric. Oh, dude. Yeah. It's so good. It's electric. Yeah, he's, he did Hot. a wonderful job on this. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Yep. So you you guys you guys uh this is cute it's nice it's like you guys are on your on, on like a date tonight I'm it's sorry nice. like, I mean you oh, jumped yeah, in. Yeah, I'm sorry like we haven't like let anybody else say anything <laughs> someone, someone no guys check on Tony please. I'm I'm so sorry jump in no jump don't in. be sorry you got the, oh man dude, this, this is your, all this you is my dude this is perfect this is your dude yeah you've been waiting yeah. you've been waiting almost a year for this Vince I true. know I know um and it's better than I expected no, of course it is. <laughs> But uh, so, uh, you know, I'm selfish when when I'm given something that I really love. I want a lot of it. So how far are the roots you're putting down on this book? How far are they, they, they digging? Are we expecting 12 issues, 24? Like how, I want, how long are you sticking around? Okay, so for sure I'll be writing and drawing the first six. Okay. Um, and then that's it for me for art duties. And then I will for sure be sticking around as a writer until uh, issue twelve, and then we'll see, we'll see where life takes us after that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And do you have the artist uh, already picked out for seven through twelve? I don't know. Uh, okay. I no nobody's actually told me who the artist is. I know there's a short list. I know there's a few people that have been reached out to, but I don't know of anyone specifically that has said either yes or. You know that they've they've ch- chosen. Um, can can so, I yeah. email you a list of names of who I'd not like to see on the book, and you just tell me I'm we're, we're clear? Okay, sure. Okay. <laughs> Simon Kudransky. Thank you. Gone. Was right there. Never buying that book again. <laughs> That's not nice. We can't do that. It is. That's it not is, nice. No. He's, uh, he's a human being. Damn it, he has feelings. He is. He is. He yeah. Is. We we both have books that he's drawn in our collection, so. So, uh, give us a little bit of a, a fly on the wall view into the the whole you and Kirkman hashing this stuff out. I'm assuming that there were incidents where you you know you guys had to sit down there. What are we doing with this? What was that like? What was the enthusiasm level like during those talks? Well, Robert is a huge fan of Transformers, like huge, and. <laughs> I, uh, 
it was actually one of the things that I was like, I kind of had to talk to my editor about it. And I was a little bit like, hey, you know, does Robert want to write this? You know, like, is this something that Robert maybe wants to do? <laughs> and he was like, no, he doesn't have time, you know, so on. So I get a call from Robert. Uh, oh, gosh, months into the project, months into me. Like, I'm just about to start writing it. You know, and he's like, hey, you know, if you ever want to bounce off ideas, you know, maybe tackle it together. You know, that'd be really cool. And I'm like, Robert, are you asking me to co-write this with you? He's like, well, you know, if you want to call it that. And I was like, Robert, no, no, this is not happening. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, you know, I had to kind of like stand my ground a little bit and just be like, you know, I would I really want to write this myself. I'm totally open to input and ideas. But, you know, at the end of the day, I would really like to tackle this on my own. And Robert was great. He was like, you know what? There's a lot of people. I would have just told me yes, or just you know pretended to say yes. <laughs> He's like, you just told me no flat out. I really I respect that. Nice, um, James Patterson over here. <laughs> so, and one thing you know, also like going back to all these characters that you know I'm trying to get a handle on and writing it. It's essentially like a double team book, where you're you know you have the Decepticons and the Autobots, and you're trying to give everybody screen time and um. I'm definitely keeping like the first six issues like pretty close to the chest. So I'm a little like, I guess you could call me territorial, but I'd like to think I'm a team player, but maybe I'm not. Uh, And then once I start writing and I'm not drawing it, there's an element of letting go that just has to happen naturally. Um, But it's, I'm so in it right now and it's uh, Transformers is very personal as well. So, uh, you know, I'm having a really good time working on it and, I'm also really respectful of, or I, I, I respect the fact that like Robert is a super fan. He knows all of these characters that I don't know. Um, he has all these huge ideas, which are awesome. Um, and he's good for bouncing ideas off of too. So he is the one he's, he's kind of the orchestrator of these, like the very long scale. What's the word? The long arc, you know, he's got, this, oh, for sure. not, him, not this hail Mary, but he's just really good at making things be good for like a long time, which I'm not good at. I'm like, I'm in and I'm out, you know? Yeah. Um, so in that way, you know, he's actually quite talented and it's good to have him uh, kind of there to kind of rein things in. Like um, he's good. He's keeping me on track. They're keeping me on track. I'm doing my best to deliver something that people are excited about. And, you know, there's been a, at least twice i think where robert has emailed me out of the blue um, long after i finished the art on uh transformer stuff for whatever issue and he's just he he will he, he wrote me once at one point he was like this is incredible this is so special oh, i'm so excited yeah dude it was awesome uh he's like he's like a little kid emailing me talking to me about how cool he thought it was and he's like i'm so glad you're on this project this is the this is incredible um That's so it's great. good to get that kind of validation from the co-owner of the company work for for sure nice i gotta say um i thought the void rivals number one was extremely well played because i don't i don't normally read news blurbs and stuff and and like like cbg or bleeding cool like I, i'd stay away from that stuff and i had no idea going in 
that it was going to be connected to the Transformers universe. I think that oh, day, nobody did though. Yeah, I, did. I, I think yeah. maybe the day it came out, they were like stuff blew up because obviously people had read it. But going into it, I, I, I'm reading. I'm just like, oh, this you know, this is fun. I, I like this whole dichotomy between the two races. This is neat. And then Jetfire pops up, and I'm like, what the <laughs> frig am I reading? What is this? <laughs> And it's like, it's and you get to the last page, and it's like Energon Universe. You know, this is where we're going with it. It's like, holy crap! Like that was just a masterstroke. But the my local comic book guy was like, yeah, wish we knew going in that you know. And I guess there was a call to to retailers at one point, but for whatever reason, he wasn't in on it. I don't know the specifics, but he was like, yeah, we'll we'll have reorders and stuff. That it'll be cool. But I, the 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 buzz for that book after like say five o'clock on a Wednesday was crazy. People were going insane yep. for it, and then they they revealed the the um, second printing covers with Jetfire. It's like whoa, and you could feel that 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 snowball starting to pick up. You know what I mean? Totally the speed. And it's like, and then when we uh, what we knew, but. Um, then when it was you know revealed that you were going to be on it, it's just it. I think it's going to be a phenomenon. I really do, dude. That's so awesome. It's so nice to hear you guys say nice things because the only thing I've heard lately is the uh, Transformers 2005 boards, and they are not fans. Oh no, stay <laughs> oh, away right? from really? there. Talk oh. to us about that. Oh, they just. I thought people would be pretty excited, you know, when the new Transformers comics got announced, and it's just a lot. The majority of people are like, who's this Daniel Warren Johnson guy? He doesn't know how to draw human faces. Uh, mm. I don't like the way he draws Optimus. Why is he doing G1 designs? This is not good art. Yeah. <laughs> mm. it's a, wow. No, they're pure. It's, so it's, a, good, it's a good dose of humble salad, guys. Yeah. I, I would stay. I, I used to be a member of that uh, hardcore at one time. And they are they're they're purists or loyalists. Like if if it deviates even slightly from the the established continuity, forget it. I mean, and, and that and one of the things that uh, the the local owner said, he's like Daniel Warren Johnson. That's cool. He goes, I'd love to see what he's going to cook up. He goes, but you know these guys, if if it deviates from the template, they go a little crazy. And and it and it's true the the hardcore Transformers guys if the depiction of the characters isn't that rigid stiff you know adherence yeah. to to what has been they they get a little they get feeling some kind of way and it's insane <laughs> it just makes no sense to me so what you're saying they're is screen, they were screenshotting like drawings from the preview there's like this four page preview that dropped and they're just tearing it apart <laughs> and it's like storytelling panels they like. We'll take like a little storytelling panel, which maybe I didn't spend that much time on. They're like, this guy doesn't know what he's doing. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. And I'm like, I want an Eisner. I'm over on my couch screaming. It's good that you could you could weather stuff like that because that, that breaks a lot of creators. I mean, once you, you head into the comments section, you know that when you, the old maps – of of the seas where it says here there be monsters like that's the comment section you just don't go in listen into i mean we've all been guilty of it i, I mean you remember you guys remember like way back when we started the show we i i, I took gi joe art to task and to to his credit robert atkins came and found us on the in on the bullpen bulletin's forum and said hey i'm one of the artists 
<laughs> like, yeah. I, I think I do a pretty good job. And I'm like, all right, respect. I'm like, you know, you're the best of the bunch. I can tell you that. For real. Oh, yeah. yeah for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, listen. I think they're, also they're I'm, I'm out there looking for it. I'm out there looking for it. So it's, right. it's my fault. They completely deserve to have an opinion. That's totally fine. Oh, yeah. Um, they can be wrong. That's okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, you've, 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 you've worked with Donnie Cates. I'm pretty sure your hide is pretty thick. <laughs> yeah. There was one time I was working on the ghost fleet and I drew that freaking uh, truck with all the cars, that it, the car carrier truck, you know? That's like mm-hmm. overturned on the highway, and Donnie's like, "Oh, it's facing the wrong way. You gotta. <gasps> I think maybe you, you might have to redraw that." <laughs> and I was like, "I'm not redrawing this. I'm not doing it. I spent two days on this freaking thing, and we figured out a way where if we just all I had to do was change the um, the guardrail, <laughs> I like switched the guardrail oh, around lovely. so it wouldn't happen. Oh, yeah. Thank goodness. Oh, oh, that's brilliant. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Good so. deal." <laughs> erase the last two days from your life oh jesus good i mean dan you know we've one thing i, I think i mean it's clear that you're a fan but like what was your experience as a kid with transformers because you're a little younger than us so you were I, just, I don't even know how old you were when like the the 80s cartoon but like where where were you in your fandom with with transformers before all this let me be a picture okay <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, um, I was ex- first exposed to the Transformers by an ad in a Richie Rich comic from the 90s, the early 90s. I was I was born in 87, so I missed out on the actual like airing of the cartoon and so on. Um, but in the early 90s, there was like ads in um, a bunch of like old comic books and in the 90s for the VHS edition of the um, movie. And it was like a, actually a lineup. Funny that we're talking about Transformers lineups, but it was like a lineup of all the Transformers that you mm-hmm. see in the movie. It was different than the uh, animated movie illustration of them shooting into the sky. It actually had like Optimus Prime and stuff on it. And I was like, who the frick is this guy? I got to find out more about this. And I had seen it a few times on television and it really caught my eye. So I found out that it was playing exactly at 4 o'clock every weekday after school. So I'd come home and I'd watch it, and I freaking loved it. I loved the design from the cartoon specifically. And then I remember my grandfather brought me to Toys R Us one time, and usually when we brought it, he brought me to Toys R Us, like, there was some... I, I was going to get something. Like, think, it was going <laughs> to go down. And uh, he's just a generous guy. You know, Italian, Italian grandpa. What do you want? You know, let's nice. get something... And usually it would be like a Star Wars toy or whatever, but I saw in this aisle, I saw the Transformers, uh, the Optimus Prime figure, you know, with the removable blue hands. Nice. And the trailer and, you know, the box art was definitely like American made, but like there was something different about that design aesthetic of the toy that was like, really? It just spoke to me. I, I don't know. I'd like to think that like it was that kind of Japanese aesthetic, like, just that cut above when it comes to like toy design that honestly the rest of like Toys R Us just like didn't have. Yep. And I was just, I was in love. My grandfather bought it for me. I, uh, you know, I played with that thing every single day and I brought it to show and tell, uh, at, on, you know, first grade and every day I'd take the bus to school and 
we'd have to turn left eventually onto Franklin Street, which went up to my actual elementary school. And it was a pretty steep hill on Franklin. And I remember I like I had Optimus Prime out and I had those blue hands and I was like showing my buds like how I can transform them. And we're just pulling up to the school, but we're going up this steep hill and I lose the hands. I drop the blue hands on the floor of the bus and that shit rolls all the way to the back of the bus. And I like trying to get out of my seat and the bus was like, see your ass down! <laughs> and I tried to like get him. I'm trying to like, it's like a sea of first graders coming at me as I'm trying to get to the back of the bus. Get over here! Get over here! What are you doing? You can't go back to the back of the bus! I had to leave those hands on the back of the bus. It destroyed me. It destroyed oh, me. Man. <laughs> I I don't want to I mean like there are plenty of other horror stories that people have of in their childhood. This was a seminal moment for me guys. It <laughs> killed me. It killed me. It was like my first real experience with like I cannot fix this loss. Like and I was like went home and I was like can we buy another Optimus? And my mom's like no, we cannot. <laughs> Yeah, and that was way just, before eBay because you couldn't just like fire it up and order two hands. No, you know? exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah like, uh, you know, Optimus Prime replacement, whatever. And it's just like this huge, and it's just a huge part of my childhood that like sticks out like a sore freaking thumb that I just had to talk about when it comes to Transformers. That, so, that would scar me. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It was rough. And I had to play with them without hands for like the, literally the rest of my childhood. And every time I'd pull them out, I'd be like, you see, he looks so dumb. Yeah. <laughs> and that's like, how I came up with Extremity. Yeah. <laughs> Grab your gun, Prime. Oh, wait, you can't. Yeah. No, you can't. It's <laughs> <laughs> nice. Call, calling Prime an I've idiot. never stolen anything in my whole life. I, let me start this by saying I've never stolen anything in my whole life. But I went to a friend's house once who had an uh -huh. Optimus Prime, and he had those hands. <laughs> and I swear to God, I've never been so close to pocketing something and not looking back. <laughs> I came so close, guys. That's amazing. <laughs> so uh, anyway, um, that eventually, um, you know, my mom would every once in a while would take me to Blockbuster, and that's where I saw the movie, um, the 86 movie that was on VHS, and I watched Optimus Prime die. On delay because I watched it in the '90s and not in '86, and it killed me just like it did every every other kid. And but there was something again about that movie that was really special, and I could tell there was a difference. Even I don't want to, I don't want to say that my like my eye was that much developed that developed when I was that young, but like I had seen the show and I saw the movie and I was like, this movie is something special and different even back then. And every time we go to Blockbuster, I'd try and rent it. I rented it like four times. And uh, it's just a huge part of who I am as a person. And, yeah. you know, seeing like Optimus on like TV and on the movies and the toys and stuff, I'd always try and draw him. And there's that element of geometric harshness that is really difficult to pull off. It's like a, it's like a robot Homer Simpson. Like all of the, all of the, relations of the lines have to be exactly right like all of the everything has to be in its right place for him to look correct quote unquote you know and it's so challenging because you also like want to have your own personhood to the lines and you're trying to approach it in a healthy way and not just make it look like boilerplate clip art and i was remember like thinking this as a kid like if i could draw optimus prime i can draw anything <laughs> 
And uh, I never could. It was so frustrating. And so when I got the call about Transformers, I couldn't help it. Like, I didn't say yes right away. It took me a little while to say yes. But I remember going to my sketchbook, and I was like, it's time. It's time to really freaking figure this shit out. <laughs> and I did, man. And I did. <laughs> the sweat. Why are all those lines smudged? Are you guys sweating like crazy? I sweat. I sweat. But the funny thing is, if you adhere to the toy the proportions of the toy if you draw optimus in that in those proportions it's going to look wrong like he's going to he's going to look way too pudgy and bulky up top right and, and you know I, I i could tell i could tell i was like i love this toy but it's not right oh nice <laughs> the same thing remember action fleet i don't know if you guys are too old for that but vaguely action fleet was a star wars thing that um, the, the toys, it was like all of the cool, like the X-Wing, the Y-Wing, the A-Wing. It was like uh, about the size of an iPhone, you know. Um, so like you could really like play with them. And I remember I'd get them and I'd examine them and be like, this doesn't look like the movie model. This oh. is bullshit. Were those micro machines didn't, didn't, or matchbox? They were a, it was a micro machines adjacent. They were like big uh, micro okay. machines, which nice. wasn't actually that big. But I remember just getting so frustrated. Like I'd be playing with it and be like, this doesn't look right. <laughs> Yeah, it's tough when they deviate from the template. It really is. Because you pick it up immediately, right? Oh, yeah. I, I, I knew immediately. Yeah, it feels wrong. Yeah. Yeah. So I There's one sense. Optimus. Yeah. I think it's from not Armada, but one of, the, one of the, the lines around Armada, probably before, where uh, they just whiffed. And Optimus looks like he has a pot belly. And, and people hate that figure. Because it's just, mm. it's like pudgy Optimus. Like, okay, here's the leader of the good guys. And it looks like he's been sitting on a, a, a couch for, you know, millennia, just <laughs> chowing down on, on lug nuts. Like, <laughs> what? Uh, I'm really sorry, uh, David Chase. You, you want, do you want to add anything? <laughs> <laughs> no, carry on. Carry you know on. what? I'm not sorry at all, <laughs> damn it. Cause and this I'm, sorry, is like... I'm sorry my story took so long to finish. No, but, it's good. Um, uh, how have you had to inject any of the Joe stuff? Well, I should I shouldn't even ask this question because then it won't be a surprise. But how close, how inter closely interwoven is the Joe continuity to your um, at this stage perceptions of what's going on with this Energon universe? I would say for the most part, it's been left my Transformers series has been pretty much left alone. Um, there's definitely a little bit of Joe stuff that happened that was I was asked to include, which, you know, I'm happy to do. Yeah. Um, but I I can't say much more without giving it away. But right. I, I will say um, there is there is a little bit of Joe stuff, but I don't think there's uh, an amount that would take away from the story that I'm trying to tell. Cool, cool. Uh, but I have to say... I'm not the biggest Joe fan in the world, but nor am I. I. I will be buying the series, all of them, Duke, Cobra Commander, like whatever. Uh, I, I'm uh, I'm buying them because, and they should give you more money, because if you didn't draw and and write this initial Transformers thing, if it was a lesser talent, I wouldn't even consider buying the Joe stuff. That's weird, right? Because you basically have nothing to do with the Joe stuff, as far as I know. 
And so the fact that I'll be buying these books just because you were the one that instigated the Transformers series, it's a little crazy, right? But, you know, they should still give you more money because you got me, not a Joe fan, to buy the damn things. Right on, man. (laughs) Have they been, has has Kirkman or Hasbro, have have they been pretty much hands off or like in a couple of months you're gonna have to like have some sort of summit to make sure that everything lines up with whatever storylines they're planning on your 12 issues and beyond well and this is something at san diego i was talking with robert and i was like look i know i've been keeping this first six issues close to the chest but like as soon as this is over i promise like i will chill (laughs) out share my toys (laughs) Yeah, you know, he's like, I get it, I get it. It's because he says to me, he's like, it's good, it's because you care. So I don't want to hire somebody that That's doesn't true. care about this, you know. He's like, so when you fight for those things that you're passionate about, I know it's because it's coming from a good place. Um, but no, you know, we really haven't had to do that, um, or or not not yet at least. I think that that will probably come uh, later. But as of right now, because you know. Void Rivals is, for the most part, still kind of on its own little island, um, story-wise. And I I know that Skybound wants to give um, Transformers some healthy room to uh, just kind of set the tone and and have a story that people can get excited about w- before kind of introducing anything else. It's kind of given me the freedom to just be able to just plow forward and make something exciting that people will recognize for sure, which I think is something really important to bring back maybe possibly lapsed fans. So um, there hasn't been too much as far as what else needs to be added as far as the Energon universe is concerned. Um, It is a challenge working with Hasbro. Um, You know, I have story ideas that I feel very strongly about that, you know, they maybe don't agree with or, uh, you know, they they maybe have, I think, a little bit uh, trouble visualizing some of my crazy ideas that I know that I can pull off. And even everybody in Skybound knows that I can pull off. Um, But because Hasbro is such a huge company and it's this big launch, you know, they're they're, you know, they're they're they want it to be good, and they they kind of want to make sure all the ducks are in a row. And I'm not used to that. I'm used to this is awesome, so let me do it. <laughs> um, so I've had to, uh, you know, I've had to figure out how to approach that in a way that's healthy and and team player vibe. And I've done my best. Um, and there's also been some moments where I've just had to be like, look, in order for the story to work, this has to happen. And I I make my case to Skybound, and then Skybound takes my case to Hasbro. And um, I've won some battles, and I've lost some battles, and that's part of the game. That's good because it, it it inserts a little bit of resiliency to creative process, right? If, if you're bound by this has to happen, and someone tells you no, and and then you you seize up, that's that's not. I mean, your versatility is is not that high, right? Well, so, no, I will say I do seize up. I do seize up. I, no. I I go into the fetal position. And I'm like, oh, we're gonna make this work. Oh! But you you make it through. I, I, then eventually, I do. Let's see. I, it's like it's like a morning process. I need a few days. Where I just frustrated, you know. 
Yeah, and then I come back to it and find a new way to approach it. Right, but you process um, it. You do. You, you, I do. I try. I try. Yeah. And also, man, it is great fuel for going back and making my own stuff. That's for darn sure. Nice. Right. So, uh, I and and obviously, I mean, you've you've done Wonder Woman. You've done Beta Ray Bill. So you're not allergic to someone else's property. But would uh, knowing and and this this is still relatively still young in its stage, but um, following this and and knowing what you've done as far as mini comics to 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 sell at the cons, if um, if if Paramount or Lucas said, hey, you know, we are you interested in in, in doing a Trek or Star Wars story? How quickly would you jump on those? Honestly, I would probably not do them. Because okay. um, I, I know the I know what I would want to do would not be okay with what they oh want. sure yeah all right I get that so I mean just to be totally honest like I just would probably say no I mean I would say would yes you draw if, said, it if someone else wrote it no, or are you just no. beyond that now you're just you're writing your own stuff now I'm just gonna write my own stuff love it okay if if they gave me what's the word carte blanche yes it is it. and I had it kind of in writing that I had final say. Or at least a good enough relationship with someone that, I, that, yeah, you can do whatever you want. Then yes, hundred percent, I would love to do it, and I'd have okay. a great time. Um, and that's not what Skybound said. Skybound never promised that I would have carte blanche. But uh, the people that I've worked with at Skybound, uh, on, that I'm working with on Sky, at Skybound right now, are the people that have worked with me on Murder Falcon and Extremity. So I have a good relationship with them already, and they're people that I trust. So. Uh, that's probably the only reason why they actually got me to do a Transformers book because it, it is a licensed book, which does, as I said, come with its challenges. Um, and, you know, challenges that are that can be creatively frustrating, if I'm just totally honest. But to have that team there in place that I know and is vouching for me and doing their best, we're kind of approaching it with a team mindset. That is uh, That was a big selling point for me. And that's... Uh, yeah, it's a big reason why I'm on the book. I, there's a guy, Sean Makowitz. He was my editor on Extremity. And he was my editor on Murder Falcon. And he actually, he ghost edited, uh, do a powerbomb where I would send him the scripts and he would kind of give me his feedback and just, did, I like this, but this reads a little weird. and Pretty low stakes stuff, but it was good to have another official eye that I trusted on this book that I was writing and We've just developed a, a solid relationship, and so it was Sean that called me up and said, "Hey, we're thinking about Transformers, and we really we want you to be on it." And I'm over here like, "Well, it's a licensed book, but I love Transformers. <laughs> I've always wanted to draw Optimus Prime for money, <laughs> but it's a licensed book." And the the deciding factor ultimately was. Sean Makovitz. So, I don't know. If anybody should be getting paid more money, it's Sean Makovitz. <laughs> <laughs> I have a uh, springboarding off of David's question. We had a discussion on the on our Slack about uh, licensed characters, and, and if you had your druthers, who would you pair with with uh, what you know what franchise? And I picked one for you, and I said I'm betting that this guy would do a lot to get his hands on this character. So the dust settles on Transformers. Yeah, you've even 
even kick out another series of your own, you know, and then you're looking for something to do. Somebody comes to you and says, hey, D-dubs, how would you like to work on Godzilla? <laughs> would you do it? Well, I am not going to say no, but at the same time, Godzilla and the whole kind of licensing thing, uh-huh. it's a rough, it's its not easy. It's very, it's easy yeah, to Toho is very hard, I heard, to, uh, yeah, to um, work with. And, you know, hey, respect. It's, your, it's their character. They got their vibe, rock and roll. But with that reputation, I just don't think I could. Mm, so I, I'm shot down in flames because I said, yes. I'm so sorry. You do it. Sorry, Toho. Yeah. Toho, if you, if you make me promises, we can talk. But Carte blanche. Any of the, the rogues you want to use, you can do whatever you want. It's, it's a, it's a what-if Godzilla story. You can kill off any of them if you want to. It's still probably not. <laughs> I would think about it. I would think about it. But if I'm writing and drawing something, I have to love it so much. I have to be so passionate about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And I can't. I mean, I do. I love Godzilla, but I don't know if I love it enough to draw it. Okay. Because that'd be a lot of work. That's a lot of buildings, dude. This is true. <laughs> it can't, it, all of the stories can't take place on Monster Island, right? <laughs> all right. So those of you taking notes, I was wrong. Uh, speaking, I do love Godzilla, though. Who doesn't, right? Uh, speaking of money, it's been brought up a couple times. Sure. And dragging Jason into the conversation, which you know means we're talking about original art. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This. Wh- so how many of the issues are already sold? <laughs> ha- have they been? Well, uh, uh, not, at least I thought the first one. Complete, I'm sure, right? I mean, that's. That's the that's the Felix not, comic art move. So <laughs> I don't know if uh, issue one's going to sell complete, you know, because um, sometimes you know if 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 an issue does not sell complete, and I'm like, oh, you know, that's too bad. And Felix's like, don't worry about it. We'll just sell it um, like the regular way, and we'll we'll probably just do just fine. Yeah. And uh, that's the way it's worked out. So. I'm not super worried about it, but it's quite funny. Um, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm bragging a little, but whatever. I, I guess you I should a little bit. Yeah. Felix called me, and he's like, "You know, <laughs> nobody gives a shit about Transformers art." <laughs> Felix said that. In so many words, you know, he's just like he's just like nobody, nobody really. It's the market, you know, Transformers comic art market. It's not hot, you know. He's like, but then you get announced doing Transformers art, and now it's hot. Of course, good. I was, I was course, about yeah. to question Felix perceptions there. For I mean, a was second. he? About, I mean, I, I, it sounded as if he was trying to like you know just give you a cushion to prepare you for some bad news or something. It's like that was. That was that was weird. So but... he did. He did. When I, when I told him that I was going to do it, he's like, okay. I mean, I, he's he totally respected the decision, but he's like, I got to be honest with you. Nobody buys Transformers art. And he's like, I'm sure people will buy it because it's you to a point, but also it's Transformers. So just, you know, the, the more you know. And I was like, I totally get it. No, like, I, I, I still want to do it. And he's like, okay, cool. And, uh, but then... He this is like 
a year later when uh, it got announced, and he reiterated, he's like, nobody likes Transformers art <laughs> until now. <laughs> now, without without naming names, obviously, because I don't want you to share those secrets. Do you know if anyone that Felix reps, if they were ever offered a gig, did they rethink it after Felix? Told them something similar to what he just told you about Transformers art. If if, if they were going to take something from from one of the big two or even their own concept, and if it, not that he's worried about having to sell the art, but has he ever had a conversation with other artists that they decided to not take the job because they wouldn't be able to maybe do as well on the OA side? You know, Felix has always been honest with me about what he thinks of my mm -hmm. project choices. So I can't imagine he's not doing that with other artists, but as far as it, uh, as the result leading to them, not, or not doing something or doing something, I, I can't speak to, gotcha. um, but I'm sure, you know, Felix talks with all of his artists and, and gives, uh, advice when asked for. And, um, you know, I, Felix is also a, a close friend and I, uh, trust him with the, uh, he's got his finger on the pulse way better than I could ever have. Um, so when he says something, I kind of perk my ears up and do my best to listen. Naturally. Yeah. So, I mean, after, as expected, after looking at this first issue, I mean, there's going to be knife fights for these pages. <laughs> think so? Seriously, they're so beautiful. And you frame the characters in such a great way that it's just like, if you are a fan of not only great art, but of the properties, the characters in these pages, who wouldn't want to have these on their wall? Like, it, they're just amazing pages. Thank you so yeah. much, dude. But I don't know how it works with Felix or with an art rep, but, like, say um, you had a really special cousin, Jimmy, you grew up with him and he loves your work, and he wants sure. to buy a page because he loves Transformers. So how does it work when you... I don't know if you can promise pages to people and then Felix says, well, we got a guy that wants to buy the whole issue. Like, does that cause um, unpleasantness or, or is it always like the default to Felix? Like, okay, you're going to sell the whole issue as a package and go ahead. Jimmy's going to have to be SOL. Like, um, you know what I tell Jimmy? Um, I, I just, <laughs> I'll draw you. I, I call him and I, I'm like, I'm like, Hey Jimmy, how are you? He's like, yeah, dad, how are you? How are you doing, man? <laughs> Poor Jimmy. It doesn't Are sound like the cover. I'm trying to figure yeah, out. You want, you want to come out? Here. You want to come out for dinner tonight? Tonight? Yeah, man, that'd be awesome. Oh, awesome. Okay, we're going to Korean barbecue. It's gonna be at seven thirty. By the way, get in line. <laughs> yeah, poor yeah. Jimmy. Oh, it sucks to be Jimmy. I knew the conversation was gonna go south when you invited him to dinner. Like yep. that's yeah. not good. Got us off in the blow. Yeah. Remember that time when you fell so, off the swing? Well, sorry, you're still not getting the page. Yeah. What I will say about Jimmy. Or about people that maybe deserve a page that um, maybe don't get one. Um, I do try my best, as long as things don't sell out too fast or if an issue gets broken up, to give a, uh, a piece of original art to my colorist, my uh, letterer, and my editor, if I'm able to. Um, I wasn't able to do it with Wonder Woman, but I've been able to do it with the other projects that I've worked on. Um, and so usually... That means I'd like, to, I, and you know, I like to break up at least one issue um, out of however many get sold uh, original art-wise. So 
I, it's something I try and do is for the people that have worked on the comic for sure. But uh, as far as that, that's about as far as it goes with like, you know, uh, special, special treatment. Yeah. Do you remember what I said when you told me at that dinner that you told us that you were going to do Transformers? What did I say? I said, I don't, I don't buy original art, but Uh if you draw Scorponok, I want that page. And so I now bestow upon myself the title of associate editor on whatever issue that was. <laughs> so I get first chance to get that Scorponok page. That's great. Yep. You remember what I did for you? I changed that period. I put a, I put a comma in the middle of that sentence. Like, yeah. All right. I need that page. Right on, dude. Yeah. And if it's Black Zarek instead of uh, Scorponok, well then, <laughs> we are going to have. Do you know what's so funny is um there are there are people coming out of the woodwork, I mean oh, nice. coming out of the woodwork, Transformers fans that are like just cold emailing me, no introduction. Will Scorponok be in this comic book? <laughs> no sign off, like no intro, no. My name is Jed. Nothing. Just like all caps. It's not in all caps, thank (laughs) God. Uh, And on Twitter, it's 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 just it's the exact same. Will this character be in the issue one? I'm like, guys, just read the comic book. Yeah. Well, Jed has extremely good taste, you know, with the Scorponok, but you know. So Jed has emailed me a few times, really, um, asking about multiple different characters, and then. Recently, he sent me an email that is just uh, I have I, to be totally honest. I haven't re- I don't really have the time to answer his emails, especially if he does not introduce himself in the email. <laughs> Hope he's a listener because he's got the answer now. Are you bringing up the actual email? I'm not bringing up the actual email because I don't <laughs> want I don't I don't want to seem like I'm making fun of him too bad. Right. Uh, but if you're gonna just cold email me with no with no you know intro or anything. And he just sends another email that's like, it's like four paragraphs, and each paragraph is a different random, like, Autobot or Decepticon with, like, a full paragraph of why they should be in the comic. And I'm like, ah, dude, I'm sorry. I I can't promise you anything. But I've never heard of any of these characters. (laughs) Will Bugley appear in the first issue? (laughs) Probably not. I think I know what your next project is, and it's just you drawing your emails out. (laughs) Because I would love to read these. <laughs> what are you going to do? I admire the passion. But guys, introduce yourself, please. I can see Felix now. Nobody buys, nobody buys auto-bio art. That, that <laughs> shit don't sell. <laughs> Until you. Harry Pekar? What the hell? <laughs> what, is, what is this, this self-indulgent <laughs> crap? Oh, man. This has been a whole lot of fun. I'll say. <laughs> Uh, I hope some of the excitement that uh, listeners have uh, picked up here is contagious because y'all really got to get out there and get this first issue of Transformers. And then you're going to be mesmerized, just like we were. You, you need to read it. It is so special. Yeah, it was a home run. No no BS, you know. We're not going to blow smoke up your ass. It was great. Thanks, guys. You killed it, my man. You got to kill it. I really, I really appreciate it. I saw you. Uh, you canceled New York. Is that because of uh, the Transformers? Um, 
Are oh. we off the air now? Are we? No, 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 no. Oh no! You can. Well, we, if you if you can't comment, then you can't comment. That's fine. But yeah. Um, well, uh, I uh, I was thinking about it, but um, I think there was something like lost in translation where thinking about it became I'm going to go. So. Ah, uh, uh, got it. Oh, yeah. Gotcha. 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 Yeah. Well, well, that's, let's, that's let's, it's just a miscommunication. Sure, that happens a lot. I think I will miss you. Oh, I will. Yes. So I, I. Sorry, I should be clear. I'm still gonna be there. I'm just not gonna like have a table. Oh, uh, oh, great! I won't miss like, you because I, I'll be. I'll have, yeah, I'll probably have like one signing at the Felix booth. Um, I think Image is doing some stuff. Maybe I'll definitely be doing a signing at like the Skybound booth. Um, and then I'm doing this big. I don't. They say it's gonna be big, but it's on. It's a signing with like Robert and Josh and myself at Midtown Comics. It's this like big event for the. Uh, re- release of Transformers issue one. So, oh, nice. Okay, Dude, Midtown Comics is not that big. That place is going to be jammed. You think yeah, so? they usually have a long line of queue. Yeah, yeah. When they have a signing, yeah. I'm just getting used to having like relatively long lines. It's kind of crazy. Well, I was going to say. I mean, I would imagine. You know, we've known you from Jump. It, it's it's got to be a different experience now at a con, right? I mean, what is it like now? I suppose it's quite quite more exhausting than it used to be for you. Um. I am dead now. I'm like dead, <laughs> and I'm not complaining. It's amazing, but yeah, you you hit it on the nose. Yeah, I am. I uh, I'm trying to figure out how to be as um, uh, how to make it as um, long. I'm trying to figure out how to obtain longevity in it because I I definitely don't want to burn out, and I also want to give people the absolute most that I can possibly give them because. From the very beginning, I, I've just kind of always just hung out with people because yep. people who come up and they talk and we just talk because nobody cares. Um, and now there's this big line and I'm like, I still want to make every interaction a positive one. And so it's it's a challenge. I'm figuring it out slowly. Um, just making sure I don't like party too hard at a Connor, which I've never really done ever in the first no. place. But getting a good amount of sleep, getting some exercise in the morning. Usually works out. Well, that's a good problem. To Says have. the whose last con he was at, he spent the whole. He stayed up all night to do a giant Dave Mandel commission. <laughs> <laughs> Which looked awesome, by the way. That must have been a trip to uh, to give Dave a commission, right? I mean, he's he's for, for those who don't know Dave Mandel. Aside from most people know him because he is the creator and showrunner of things like Veep, plumbers. Yep. But but he is also on a very short list uh, of people walking the earth in terms of the best comic book art collection. Um, I easily in the top five, if not higher. And, uh, and Dan uh, got to do an awesome piece for him in his world famous among art collectors, uh, one of his sketchbooks. So uh, his bizarre sketchbook. Well, it was dude. It was, can I tell the story really fast? Yeah. Yeah, please. Yeah. So let me paint for you a picture. (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> I'm at the Eisners and I'm uh, drawing at the Eisners without shame because I had so many sketches to do and the Eisners I love them but they are a little you know they go a little long it's fine it is what it is but like I had so much drawing I had to do I had so many commissions so I was like I'm just going to bring my commissions with drink my Sprite and like crush these while we go through the in memoriam segment or whatever because I just have to get it done you know and I'm I'm working my butt off, and 
uh, I was working on a berserk commission when like they called my name and I was like, good grief. Okay, here we go. And uh, sat back down with the Eisner. I took a picture. It felt amazing. And I kept drawing because <laughs> I had to. Wow. Um, and then I went back to the hotel room because uh, I was pretty exhausted. I, I wanted to revel. But you know when that like it like just kind of hits you like you can't really be social anymore because you're just so tired. Yep. Um, cause I do a little after party and I said my goodbyes and I came back to the hotel and there's Felix with Yams and Lambert and we're all hanging out and they're like, you won. And we took pictures and then Felix says, okay, all right, all right settle down. I got something for you. <laughs> <laughs> and he sits me down on the couch. He pulls out this monstrosity of a sketchbook. He's like, have you heard about the Bizarro sketchbook? And I was like, no. And he's like, oh, it's Dave Mandel's sketchbook, but only Bizarro. It's legendary. Like, it is legendary. I was like, okay. And he opens up the first page, and it's like Sistine Chapel-level bizarro art on every single page. Simon Bisley, uh, Frank Quietly, um, like, oh, gosh. There's so many A-list names in here. I'm not even going to bother listing them all because it's just – it was – it's incredible. There was, like, multiple – ones where they had like artists had added paper so it would fold out to literally nice. make like a Sistine Chapel like effect of all these alternate Superman characters around the main character of Bizarro and then included like all of the preliminary sketches that were done and all of this stuff is this Frank quietly like you could pull out a magnifying glass and still find new detail I mean it was insane we get to the last few pages. Everybody's like, wow, wow, taking it all in. And there's the last few pages are blank. You know, there's not that much left. And Felix leans in and he goes, no pressure. (laughs) 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 And uh, I just felt the fire. It was so cool. I don't know what it feels like to be like uh, really good at sports or whatever, but you know, when like kind of like all eyes are on you and it's like the gauntlet's been thrown down. It's like, are you going to rise to the challenge? Man, I was just on fire. It felt so good. It just felt so freaking good because I was like, look at all these legends before that have come before in the sketchbook. Literally, like they've literally come before, drawn before, careers before, and I get to make my mark along with them. What a freaking honor. It's insane. This See, is that's, insane. That's amazing that you could push through the, the fatigue like that and still climb that mountain. Do you know what I, I mean? I got my second wind. I got right. my second wind. Also, it was also because. I know Felix and the guys quite well. And so seeing them and winning, you know, and like I can just be myself. I don't feel like I need to like put on my game face. I can just, if I'm tired or grumpy, I can be tired or grumpy around them. I don't need to right. pretend. So that was a big part of it. But then they showed me that sketchbook and I got the second wind and I worked for another two hours into the night, just laying down the pencils and getting some ink down on this bizarro sketch. And um, we actually tried to, do screen tone because i did this big big uh like bizarro world uh daily planet the nightly void behind bizarro (laughs) and it was like super detailed and it was like really busy but i needed it to kind of like recede a little bit into the background just so that things made sense visually so i usually use screen tone for that kind of thing and i'm trying to put it on this sketchbook paper and it's it's a big sketchbook. It's like 20 by 14 inches or something. It's really, it's something. And I don't even have enough screen tone to really do it. 
and it's just going to flake off and people are people won't be able to flip through it and i didn't want to do that so it's like i really need an airbrush so i can just do a clean you know and so yams all-star yams went to blick first thing the next morning and bought me an airbrush and uh yeah and i was like it's because i i was like he's like there's a blick really close by i'm gonna go get you an airbrush and we'll you know, I'll pick it up for you. He got it, and he was wearing a Murder Falcon shirt when he walked into the uh, Blick. And he's like, walks in, and he's like, "Hey, I'm looking for a airbrush." And the guy looks at him. He goes, "I love Murder Falcon." Shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And this guy, his name was uh, is er- Ernie was his name. He's like a big fan of mine, and he was super excited because James was like, "Guess what? You're in luck. I need an airbrush for Daniel Warren Johnson." <laughs> and so uh we got an airbrush and arnie helped us out with that and uh but we forgot to buy a ventilator because you can't really airbrush inside so um it was was late the next night like really late saturday night and uh yams was like okay let me see if i what i can figure out so i'm still working on it getting the airbrush prep not using it yet and yams comes in he's like okay i made friends with the hotel manager we're good we could we could airbrush outside until one a.m. Damn. <laughs> and we took it next to the pool and we airbrushed it. And so at at first, you know, this manager was like, "You got five minutes, right?" Because he didn't want to deal with it. But then he saw what we were drawing, what I was drawing, and he was like, "Take as much time as you need." Oh, that's nice. <laughs> it's so cool. It's like all these different people in all these different corners kind of came together to make it happen. And um, it's one of my favorite things to ever happen at a convention and i'm so proud of the uh piece that i made it's funny because like on social media or on any any digital device you know it doesn't really register like how big it is but like i busted my butt on that freaking commission and it's like if you get a chance to see it look for my look for mine i hope i did that uh i hope i did the sketchbook justice that is a great yeah, story. Yeah, beautiful man. You did. You did him right. You did so, him right. what kind of a what kind of pressure is it to have this, for all intents, priceless object in your possession? Well, that was the that's the most intense part. Is like making sure it's safe, right? Um, so, like, I did not. The only time it left my hotel room was when I brought it up to the. To the, like the pool area on the f- the roof. To See, that's giving it. me the agita already. Talking about yeah. bringing that next to a pool, like. Ugh. Well, I mean, like the pool was a good ten feet away. I mean, we didn't bring it anywhere near right, the pool. Like, what if little Frankie, that's Jimmy's cousin, he go- he goes in the pool and he <laughs> comes out and he just like shakes himself up like a dog? Like you, you cannot plan for every contingency. All because, all because he wouldn't give Jimmy a page, right? <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, you know what. Respect to Dave Mandel for letting that go and trust Yeah, that. seriously. But, um, he, I don't think he really even wanted to let it go, but I think I, Felix does have a good track record of that kind of thing. Yeah. And um, I, you know, Yams actually, If I, we walked back to the convention uh, on Sunday with it just to get it back. And Yams walked with me, and he like never left my side because like I've never been in a fight before, you know. I need backup. Well, that's Yams a good... is ready to go. Yeah, Yams is a good choice. Yeah, yep. Yeah, people don't fuck with Yams. Nope. No, they do not. Um, 
but yeah, so uh, yeah, you're right. Uh, an amazing story. I love telling it because it just makes me so happy. <laughs> and what was the reaction when you handed over the sketchbook? He was pretty jazzed. Nice. I mean, like he was. It was a little hard to tell because he was wearing a mask. Uh, right. So, but I saw his like eyes do the upside down dip. I was like, <laughs> I think we did. we got it. We got. It. <laughs> did you hear the sound too? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's bring it home on that because I don't think you're going to top it. Love you, but that's a great story. Right on. I appreciate it. Hey, everybody, get yourselves out there. I'm telling you, if it's going to destroy the internet, this thing is going to be monstrous. And uh, D Dub breaks the internet. Daniel, it's always, always a pleasure to have you here. Thanks for having me, son. So much, guys. It means a lot. Uh, The support, as always, you've been there since the beginning, and I hope you're there for a lot longer. Oh yeah, man! Because you're awesome. We will. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see you in New York, which I'm, I'm glad to hear that we will. So yeah, that's good. Oh, yeah. He'll have my awesome, score page with him. He's gonna bring it. <laughs> <laughs> you can always get in line. Oh, he's not trying. I was gonna say it because he's either nah, next heroes next year. Maybe you can get a Scorpionock. Uh, nice. There you go. You're the man. Bye, buddy. All right. Bye. Be well, Dan. Have a good night, buddy. Holy smokes! How about that? Kidding. It sucks that I, you know, Jason monopolized the whole damn thing. I'm yeah. going to get a freaking word in, but Seriously. you know, I, 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 ex- I extracted the information I needed vis-a-vis Jason's pummeling. Dap, we so. needed to ask Dan before the before the next time he's on if what's a safe word so we can know when to to <laughs> take Vince out of the room. So he was having a good time. Come on. No, I'm kidding. Of course, you guys were you were vibing. It was great. I'm genuinely excited. I mean, this is you a, were. This was, is a once in a lifetime thing. Vince, it made me smile. Yep. Well, there you go. Facts. That's he's pushing that needle into the red, the smile zone. Beep, 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 mm-hmm. beep. It's a good it's a good it's a good measurement. Yeah. Yeah. Figure the figure facts. <laughs> wow. Uh big doings in these parts. We had Daniel Warren Johnson on tonight. Next week is our book of the month. Why don't you tell them about that? It is none other than Tales to Enlighten 2 um, by Matt King and a slew yeah. of artists. Um, it, it, is, it is a thick, thick book and a um, bunch of pinups in the back too, but that story, holy crap, it is, it's, it's a lot of fun. I don't, I'm not going to do the whole, we're not talking about it tonight and I'm not going to do the whole um, compare and contrast. Uh, it, it's uh, I want to enjoy it on its own. Obviously, it does. It's a sequel. You, you know, you should read the first book before you read the second. But um, it is. It's it's a lot of fun. Hopefully, I know our overseas friends and listeners uh, may have been a bitch and a half to get a physical copy. I don't know if anybody um, went for the digital uh, for the Kickstarter. But um, if you have it. Read along with us. We'll have a good time, and um, looking forward to it. It's it's yes, Matt. We know it's 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 been a long time in the making, but we're finally getting it. The uh, the book of the month, love it deserves. Yeah, finally a filthy book of the month. Yes, <laughs> this is my month, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah, usually it's Jason's world, and we're all just living in it. But oh, this, yeah. this is my month. 
No, you had you had Tony on this month. You got Dave yeah. tonight. You've got the book of the month coming up. It's yeah, seriously, we got something Apparently coming up next month because we know what happens. Had your birthday. Yeah, yeah. Got, got something coming up after the book of the month. That's super cool. Yeah, it's yep. it's a bar. Yeah, it's great. It's just great. But I gotta say, thank goodness that I have my own pocket universe where time doesn't exist that I could go into to read this thing because it is massive massive oh, yeah. I, it took me like four and a half years to properly go through the book you don't know because i was in the pocket universe but it was like a snap of the finger and i walked out but consuming yeah, like this, children of the vault yeah consuming this thing crazy there's a lot of value between of those the <laughs> <laughs> nice <laughs> it's a spinoff it works for me by chap yeah fyi the local comic dude who is not a huge fan of X-Men or the characters that appeared in this book loved Children of the Vault, number one. Said it was like one of the best X-Men books he's read in a while. Since since Hickman left. How about that? Nice. Yeah. It's a good thing. Well, we all enjoyed it, so I mean, we're not going to push back on that. No, that's what I'm saying, right? Mm-hmm. Well, everybody, we don't want to overstay our welcomes because I think, you know, that was a lot to digest, a lot of fun. But we got to always say, if you enjoyed this, please head on over to our Patreon. Take a look around, see what you see. Patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics, one one no apostrophe, audio, massive amounts of audio in terms of runtime. You get like four, six hours of audio that everybody else doesn't get to hear. Each and every month, you get uh, uh, images, downloads, videos. Jason loves the videos, and he's very good at it. Mm-hmm. Comic pages, it's crazy. And um, it's going to be slightly retooled soon. So we'll tell you about that when it happens. But it's going to be awesome. And, you, you know, hopefully you'll uh, partake. And once again, you got to thank our sponsor, CheapGraphicNovels.com. They have the stuff you want at the stuff you want to pay. Remember, free shipping. You get the email. You respond to the email. 11 o'clock comics sent me, and you get free shipping on your next order. CheapGraphicNovels.com. In your travels. I hope you can hear it in my voice because I was filled with much joy this week reading the books in fact i want to tell you all about them but i'm just going to single one book out because it gave me the most joy this week and if you were paying attention at the beginning of the episode the creator introduced this whole thing and that illustrator is jake smith remember jake smith we met him at um E-C-C-C, uh, he of blood force trauma. And we hung around with him, for, Dap and I hung around with him for a, a, a while. Jason, you were there, or no? Mm-hmm. You were, yes. I, I mean, you brought him back over to him. Yes, that's correct. Uh, hell of an illustrator, massive talent. But he drew this book and colored this book, but he didn't write it. You know who wrote this book? Cool. Headlopper himself, Andrew McLean. Oh, nice. Yes. Uh, and No, I'm sorry. Color Art was by Carlos Lopez. It's published by IDW. It is nice to be able to read a great Godzilla book again, because this is called Godzilla, War for Humanity, number one. It was amazing, and I'm going to tell you why. Because it starts off, the book begins 
with Godzilla fighting Hedora. Do what? What is? Who is? What is my favorite kaiju of all time? Smog monster. Yeah. And this thing starts off with Godzilla fighting the smog monster. It's like, mm. oh my goodness! Uh, it it it's, it's it begins flashback. Um, it, it sets the mindset of the main character. There's a little girl named Yuko, and she's with her friend. Uh, Megumi, and they're traipsing around the Japanese countryside, you know, having fun, um, when Hedora appears. And he goes over and he rips the top off a, a mountain, which was really a dormant volcano, and he starts sucking in the smoke, because smog monsters, smoke pollution, okay? Lava's raining down all over the place. The girls are they're running and they're dodging lava blasts, and they're, they're, they're running for their lives, really when their savior appears godzilla and he he blasts the crap out of hedora and the girls limp home right they survive they're alive this is great and and here's where the contrast starts megumi is greeted by her parents and they're overjoyed they're hugging her and the tears are streaming down their faces you know it's all about the love our girls back we were worried about you what you would expect should you just have experienced a battle between two colossal monsters and were almost killed, right? But Yuko goes home and she receives a far different reaction from her mother. Mother's very cold and mom's like, it's about time. Set the table. And Yuko's kind of crushed, right? So it jumps many years later. Yuko... Uh, is now a celebrated professor of kaiju studies at UC Berkeley. And she's still dealing with her mother. Um, but she's recruited to join, be still my heart, Kaiju Task Force Alpha. It's because there's something very novel and very, very dire going down. Um, she's given a presentation and this tech bro, is in the audience, and he's her nemesis, right? His name is Faison Fulchik. And like many people, he sees Godzilla as a terror, a scourge, right? Very much in contrast to the way she sees Godzilla as a savior. And he, he, he's like, look at this. There's a new kaiju on the scene. This thing easily took out Gorosaurus and Manda. It, it, it's like a chaos engine. It, it's this nasty, fungus creature. We call it Zoospora, right? And not only defeated these two kaiju, but once it beat the crap out of them, they changed their behavioral patterns. Like Gorosaurus would do a certain thing at a certain time, and they had it in check, right? They would accompany it to wherever it was going, and then it would do the thing, and then it would, you know... In, in pretty innocuous, like unthreatening type behavior. But after Zoospora got its tendrils in it, these creatures are now, they've changed their behavioral patterns. And that's not good because they're going after urban areas. Loss of life, can't have it, right? So this Zoospora needs to be taken out. And Task Force Alpha believe that they have just a tool to do it. And this is the tech bro again. He invented, or he has in his possession, Mogera. You know who Mogera is, or what Mogera is? Are you familiar with your 
Godzilla mythology? Nowhere as close as you are, my friend. Mogera is an acronym for Mobile Operation Godzilla Universal Robot Expert Type, at least as far as this book is concerned. It's a giant robot, right? Um, it, it, it was thrown into Godzilla continuity in uh, after. It, it first appeared in 1957 in the Mysterians, Shiro movie, right? Um, and then they, th- they injected it into continuity in 1994 in Godzilla versus Space Godzilla. Very, very different design than the original, but similar, whatever. So the team bege- believes that Zuspora is a fungus. So Mogera is going to use what to destroy it? Fire, at least in theory, right? And then the, the, the end of the issue sees Godzilla, he's circling Monster Island. He's not on the island, but he's circling the island. He's like, what's going on? And uh, Godzilla's son, depending on what side of the water you live on, in the United States, it was Minya. In Japan, it's Manila. Um, so little Godzilla's playing and you know gets attacked by Ibira. And Godzilla starts throwing down with Ibira. And of course, it rips its its, ta- its claw off, but whatever. And the whole thing, the whole fight is used by Fulchik to remind Yuko that her savior is not coming to set things right with Zuspora. That that thing that you think is going to save the day, it's fighting some fucking crab thing, crab lobster thing. He's not coming. So we got to take this um, creature out ourselves. It was a great issue. It was amazing. Because if you know Jake Smith's work, cartoony, but not... It's a weird... Uh, juxtaposition he's he's cartoony but it's very three-dimensional and designy at the same time like this issue was gorgeous if and andrew mclean did the cover that i bought so it's like where's where's the downside there is none so if you're looking for a great godzilla book who isn't maybe not daniel warren johnson i don't know but (laughs) get yourselves to a comic shop and get godzilla war for humanity number one it's a mini series it is so much fun I guess Inky Knuckles is doing uh, Jake Smith's uh, pages. And I went to check the price mm. of the Hedorot pages. And I was like, mm, mm-hmm. nice, but yeah, don't need them that bad. So uh, great, great, great stuff. I love this issue. Just lit my whole world up like a spotlight this week. I, I knew where that was going as soon as you said Inky Knuckles. Yeah, it was the best thing I read all week. That's awesome. No. Transformers. Oh, I don't know. Tra- no, Transformers number one was. But well, this, right. this was good. Preview. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This was yeah, good. Yeah. Well, I did read it this week, so. Right. No, you did, but I mean, it's not like they can go out and buy it, whereas they can with right. Godzilla book. Right. Um. So good. Oh. Wow. Over Fire and Ice, even. Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, Fire and Ice was good. Yeah. No, I don't. But yeah. No, I'm not. I'm this not, I'm not this Godzilla kidding. thing was just like home run for sure. Oh, every respect, it was a home run. Love it. The color is like eye-searing. It's great. And atypical color work for a Godzilla book. It's vibrant and bright. And yeah, so like, that. yeah, it's beautiful. Yep. I'm done. I will check it out. Uh, in your travels, uh, this was, this I just gave a shot on a whim. Um, and and I, I enjoyed it, although um, I am concerned about one of the characters we're introduced to in this book. It is written by Carl Starks. It is illustrated by Jesus Herbas. Uh, color 
by Yen Nitro. It is Marvel Unleashed, and it is um, it's 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 sort of kind of just the pets of the Marvel Universe. Our main characters in this first issue are Lucky, of course, Hawkeye's dog, uh, Chewbacca, Captain Marvel's cat, or I'm sorry, Flurkin, um, D Dog, who uh, found <laughs> found D Man's mask at a junkyard. Uh, and is now a superhero, and she is absolutely my favorite character of the book. Uh, and and D Dog is here because they're trying to. Uh, she wants to help Juniper, which is a little uh, little little fluffy dog herself. Uh, find Juniper's human. Um, the issue starts off with Lockjaw actually being hunted, uh, and uh, without revealing the outcome of that. We then cut to an alley where Lucky is um, is is kind of just uh, looking for some pizza and some garbage cans, uh, but has to get home before the sitter that uh, that Kate left Lucky with realizes uh, Lucky is no longer in the house, and that's when D Dog and Juniper show up because D Dog's like, "Hey, Lucky, you you work with that Arrow guy, so you should probably you, you're good for finding clues. You should be able to uh, help us." And, and Juniper over here. Um, and they do. They, they they go to Juniper's home and uh, go to a kind of a hidden lair. And uh, it's revealed that the Juniper's owner um, may not be the, uh, the all-around great guy <laughs> that Juniper thinks he is. Um, uh, we get D-Dog's origin story, which kind of hit me a little bit. Um, and, uh, and, and, and because just the three of them or D dog and lucky can't help Juniper on their own. They go to Avengers mansion where, uh, Jarvis lets them in and red wing is there as well as Chewbacca. And they, um, and so now all four of them are going along with, uh, to, to help Juniper find her human. Um, and, uh, and they don't necessarily, find him uh right away uh hijinks ensue um and uh and we get a little bit of a uh of some foreshadowing because uh quite a big bad appears near the end of the first issue um but red wing knows how to uh how to take care of that particular issue and the last page is a pretty uh pretty funky reveal um of course if you've already seen the cover of the second issue you kind of know where this may be going but uh the art's fantastic this was this was a lot of fun um again i might be a little concerned about one or two of, of the characters here as the story continues but i think overall i do trust kyle so i'm i'm optimistic uh but uh but no this this like i said it completely almost got by me glad i gave it a shot um if if you're looking for something to just kind of uh, break up the monotony of of um, of everything else going on, uh, comics wise, looking for something a little different, uh, this uh, this might scratch that itch. But yeah, in your travels, Marvel Unleashed number one. I just got the title. Ha ha! Mm-hmm. No, seriously, I'm like, why the <laughs> frick do they call it Unleashed? Like, oh, I get it. Yeah. They're pets. I get it. 
co-signed with Depp on that one. I, I, I've Love always it. been a big fan of the Pet Avengers because my boys and I would read the comics. And uh, I really liked how this art style was more realistic, you know, because usually mm-hmm. the Pet Avengers, we don't like it's more cartoony. Um, like Iguara did a, a couple of the runs. And yeah. The like, but uh, I really dug it. And like you said, I, I, I thought it was it's Kyle Starks, man. Just another feather in Kyle Starks phenomenal year. My dude is just on one this year. He's just Seriously. killing it. Yeah. Um, in your travels, I got another one. I'm sure Dap will will. In, I mean, he'll enjoy it if he ever does read. I don't know if he pre-ordered it, but our boy Corin Shadmi is back with yes. another biographical graphic novel uh, through Humanoids. And by the way, Humanoids now has a imprint, which I'm guessing is is because of all these called Life Drawn. So it's Life Drawn by Humanoids, and the book is All Tomorrow's Parties: The Velvet Underground Story. Um. I the, the the biggest compliment I can pay to Corin's work in all of these that he's done the last few years is that to a one, I don't know that any of the the people or in this case, peoples that he's chosen to do uh, uh, biocomics about are people that I particularly care about. And yet with each one, I've been completely entertained and and informed. And so I think that's a real talent because I don't know that. I mean, I very much liked Twilight Zone, but I didn't know that I ever needed to know a ton about Rod Serling, but he did great with that. Um, you know, and, and, uh, I think that, uh, certainly the same could be said with Bela Lugosi. I, I just thought he, he made Bela Lugosi like way more interesting to me than I, I even knew he would be. And, uh, and the same thing here with Velvet Underground. I, I can't profess to be a huge Velvet Underground fan or, or certainly wouldn't profess to have like an intimate, you know, depth of knowledge about their, their music history. Um, but, you know, being of a certain age, I knew, I knew something about them. And, you know, I do very much like the whole Andy Warhol ethos, obviously Basquiat being one of my dudes. Uh, so I, I, I certainly was familiar with Velvet Underground on some levels, but this was terrific. You know, this is, again, Shadmi's pretty much a, a I, and until he does a biographical graphic novel that isn't good, I'm going to assume that everyone he puts out, I'm going to buy and enjoy. And, uh, and this is another, it, it starts with, uh, Early teenage Lou Reed being an absolute pain in the ass and his parents not knowing what to do with him. And um, I didn't know this. Maybe you guys did. Dude, dude got electroshock therapy. His parents put him through electro electroshock therapy, like old school, like 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 frying his brain uh, when he was young, which is pretty horrendous. But um, and it takes us through um, through him and, and the other members of the group's early days and how they came together and then meeting you know warhol and and uh and and nico and 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 really taking up and through the point where luke quits the band um and uh i thought it was great i thought it was absolutely great super like i said super educational for me um i knew a little bit of 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 the the main like highlight points of their story but i certainly were a lot of things uh a lot of the smaller details nuances of the journey i was not familiar with and uh yeah so big thumbs up to 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 shot me he's really carving out a nice niche for himself as the go-to biocomics guy. Nice. I know you're not a huge fan of uh, Velvet Underground Vince. What are you nuts? <laughs> oh, I thought you were. I love them. I'm not a fan of Shadme, but yeah. Wait, no, I thought when I mentioned, oh, because I thought when I mentioned him, you were like, oh. By the way, I should mention uh, Zappa's in this book. Of course he is. Mm-hmm. He, should, he should be. Um, no, I don't want to get into it. I just, it the the, the visuals are not my scene. No, I understand. I understand. Yeah, we've yeah. talked about that before with the other books. Yeah. But uh, I I can't uh, decry any of the subjects he's chosen to examine. Rod Serling, 
uh, Bela Lugosi, the Velvets. Come yeah, on. it's your peoples. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I did. We have something to talk about. Because traditionally, I brought up Lou Reed or the Velvets. You'd be like, mm. Mm. well, I'm not. No, I mean, I'm I'm not a huge fan of, of the music per se. But right. I, I mean, I but I got mad respect for them and their place in history. Right. I mean, that's so. Yeah. Like Lou Reed's an unbelievably like he's a fascinating human being. I mean, he's, yeah, he's a very right? broke, I mean, very broken human being. Totally. And yeah. I, mean, I didn't. I, I don't know if you knew. I didn't know he was electroshocked. I mean, that's yes. horrible. Yes. So you know, By, bisexual, obviously a cro- chronic chronic drug addict, right? Yes. But bisexual and yeah. and very very uh, you know, just just filled with anger for really his entire life. Yeah, so. I didn't. I didn't hope I didn't say bisexual in a derogatory way. That was not my intent. But oh I mean, no, you didn't. As, no, no, as far no. as a complex individual, that's why I wanted to, to bring that up. It has no. Well, yeah, and, and to your point, I know you were trying to do shorthand just to explain. Since you like the thing about Lou Reed is he was he identified as homosexual for a long time, even though there were reports of him also sleeping with women. Yes. And he never really identified, like he never, he never specifically gave himself a label, right? Cause this is what's the sixties and seventies. It wasn't like people were using, we didn't have proper, uh, like ontology for how to describe our, you know, sexual preferences as, as much then as we do now. So, yeah, but, um, but yeah, super, super interesting dude. But like mostly just because he was filled with anger. I mean, just so so much anger all the time about everything. So yes, I do love the man. <laughs> yeah, and they were all really special, right? Even Nico, the, the ingenue. Like, mm-hmm. let's let's approach every song in a deadpan, monotone, breathless. In, in, I don't even want to say inflection because there's not a whole lot of inflection in her in her in her voice. But you know, yeah, she was she was special, gorgeous. But uh, yeah, it was just the right formula for the right time, I think. Mm-hmm. And Andy knew it. Andy knew it. Andy knew how to make money. Knew how to spend it too. Yeah, greatest of the greats. All right, everybody. Hey. Thank you for being here with us yet again. We hope you come back next week for our Book of the Month episode. And uh, in the meantime, go to a comic book shop and leave with a giant bag of stuff and consume it and talk about it and just spread the word on the the, the glory of sequential art because that's what it's all about, right? And I guess if you have some time left over, Hug your loved ones, eat some good food, make your pets happy, and say goodnight. I have no audio bits, because I think Jason gets annoyed when I do it. I don't. That's so ridiculous. It's part of your charm. I love everything about you. Oh, my God. I'm going to (laughs) melt. Jeez. Is there a mop down here? (laughs) David. Good night. Here's the part where Dave screws up. Everybody's going <laughs> to laugh at you. Here's the part where Dave makes a mistake. You're a loser. <laughs> <laughs> was that good? That was awesome. Yeah. You're so good at that. I'm not. Really not. No? No. Uh-huh. No, no, no. You couldn't do that. David. Wow. Precision. Precision. Tell them. Genuine. Love you. Yes. Tell them you love them. All the luck. Would be so hard. That's it for that one.